From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Justice. Jack Justice. It had been the kind of week that a private eye dreams of. Oh, maybe not when he first starts out, and visions of sugar plums still dance in his head. When picking up the pieces left behind by murder and mayhem seems like a perfectly legitimate career choice. But that was all an awfully long time ago, and the water under that particular bridge had washed away most of my youthful enthusiasm for bullets and the sudden stopping thereof. That's why I'd had to pinch myself so hard when Simon Cale walked into the stylish office of Justice and Dixon and made his pitch. Cale was the heir to the only fortune ever to fall from the branches of his family tree, and he hadn't even known about it till the lawyers tracked him down two years ago. See, Mr. Cale Sr. had been the black sheep of an old family from Florida, and his mother was a local girl. Cale had never given his late father's family much thought. But after his inheritance came into play, they sure made an effort to reconnect old ties. Cale didn't have much use for a family that didn't have much use for his old man, but was running out of polite excuses. So he hit upon the happy idea of sending a stand-in to the latest and greatest of contrived family reunions in the Sunshine State. And even more happily, he bore a passing resemblance to a certain private detective... If sheltering our client from an uncomfortable litany of unique investment opportunities meant a week in the healthy sunshine, the warm blue water and long walks in moonlit groves with a certain blonde I had to keep reminding myself was supposed to be my first cousin, well, I was prepared to make that sacrifice. I sent Trixie a postcard on the first day and hoped I didn't beat it back to the office. I hated to deprive the poor kid of something to complain about. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The postcard arrived two days before Jack did. It pictured white sand and blue skies and several bathing beauties that I can only imagine were intended to goad me. I couldn't care less for the models, but after five days of cold rain that finally gave way to sleet, I had the beginnings of a head cold and no desire to see Jack with a tan. Or otherwise, for that matter. To make things worse, the skies finally cleared less than an hour before his plane touched down. Lucky me. He'd brought the sunshine with him. I was never going to hear the end of this. Did you miss me? With every bullet so far. Aw, don't be like that. I brought you a souvenir ashtray. Swell, can't wait to start smoking. Oh, if you do, pick me up a pack when you're down there. You know the brand. How could I forget? It took till yesterday to get the place aired out. Is that what that strange funk is? Fresh air. Bah! You don't know fresh air, Trixie, till it's blown in off the ocean and sent the sweet salt spray chorus. Hey, that's pretty good. You're quoting the deathless prose of your own penny postcard, Bright Eyes. Uh, thank you for confirming my suspicions that you read it over and over again. What? Which means either you were eating your heart out, or it was broken with long-distance longing. Well? Shocked silence? Maybe I hit too close to the bone. Or maybe I'm trying to decide which gun to shoot you with. Uh, home again, home again. Stand Scotland where it did. What? Lay on, Macduff. Classic comics Macbeth just come out? I was reading it over a ten-year-old's shoulder. 
Are you going to give me the news, or do I have to beat it out of you? You're a little friskier than you've been in ever. Do you like it? I hate it. This is what sunshine does for a man. You should go away less often. Oh, I knew she missed me. Just make me a decent cup of coffee, would you? So that's what's wrong. The doctor is in. What else is new? Such as what? Such as, are we working, or were you just pining for me the whole time? I've decided. Hand me the 44 in the filing cabinet, would you? The one under C for canon? D for deceased. And run a divorce case. Of course we are. Peter Castle, 44. Wife is three years his junior. They have two lovely children whom Mrs. Castle shouldn't expect to see too much of if Mr. Castle is right about her. What's your take on it? I've only been on it two days, but I think he's barking up the wrong tree. She doesn't seem like a type. There's a type now? Guess not. We get a week up front? Oh, did I forget to mention that I turned the place into a charity while you were gone? Oh, that explains why the joint is lousy with widows and orphans. Where's my coffee? Great art cannot be rushed. I don't have time for great art. Our could-be adulteress is running errands this afternoon. I'm going to pick her up and play a little pin the tail on the $35 a day. Plus expenses. Naturally. Give it two minutes. We'll have a cup of old Brazil and I'll come with. And so we did. And I was forced to admit that there was at least one thing I'd missed in my partner's absence. The roasted java didn't even begin to offset the cheap patter, cheaper suit, and cheapest aftershave. But it'd have to do. As we made our way to the restaurant where Mrs. Castle was meeting friends for lunch, according to our client, Jack continued to smile magnanimously at... at everything. At people, at birds, at neon signs with clever messages like car wash and eat. It had been a long time since he'd been out of the city, and missing something even a little could let you see it with fresh eyes, but this was too much. Much too much. Finally, I asked the question I couldn't avoid. More to get it over and done with than out of any desire to know. So what was her name? Whose name? Don't be coy, you don't have the eyelashes for it. I know it's a little too human for your normal standards, but I can't come up with another explanation. Knowing your preferences as I wish I didn't, I'd say probably Irish. Nope. Italian? Nope. Relation. Relation? Helen Kale. First cousin of Simon Kale, who was, at least temporarily, me. Twenty-four, blonde... Freckled ever so slightly, and the only excuse I found at the Kale family get-together for not severing the entire state of Florida and sending it on its merry way into the Gulf. Every five minutes I was backed into another corner by another cousin I never had who was desperate to win some piece of the Kale estate out of me, if I'd been Simon Kale. But Helen, she was something all right. Of course, it couldn't go anywhere because of who she was and who I was supposed to be, and... That made it all very sweet and innocent and also kind of... Pointless? Dirty. Ah, I think that I am half in love with pain. What's that? Remind me to pick you up the classic comics T.S. Eliot. Wait. What? Wait. No, you wait. Jack. What? Are you sure you know what you're arguing about? Yes. No. What is it? That's our bird. Looks like she's planning on a stroll. Shall we take the air? I was just about to say... So this is how you spent the last two days? More or less. She stayed home most of the day yesterday. Took the car the day before. Oh, yes. Was it raining? Uh, no. It was beautiful out. You're a liar. I read the out-of-town weather every day. I hate you. Ha! <laughs> Tricks, get down! What the... Last time I checked, it was called a bushwhack. Where's it coming from? That rooftop across the way. Stay down! Stay down, my eye. Those shots aren't random, Jack. Somebody's gunning for us. I think you're right. Break out the mousetrap. Oh, that's for special occasions. The Beretta will have to do. Please tell me you're packing. Only this modest little hand cannon. The cavalry's on the way. Reckon we should wait? 
Guess not. On three. Right. Three! So let me get this straight. Sabian, it would save so much time if you just hang that on a sign around your neck. The two of you were just walking along, minding your own business. That's right. I hate it. You haven't finished. I don't have to. That's exactly how far I get into your cockamamie story before it becomes too wild to believe. Who's the client? See, not telling you that kind of is our business, so technically... Technically? Some maniac shot up a nice piece of downtown an hour ago and you think I care from technically? I like his intensity, but his grammar needs work. We'll get him a subscription to Classic Comics for his birthday. Four hours. You've been back in town four hours and already I can wring your neck. Well, at least somebody missed me. With every bullet so far. <laughs> <laughs> I've already done that one. Any sign of the shooter? Oh, yeah. I just got all these patrolmen down here to pick up litter. How'd he get away? Same way he got up there. There's a fire escape out back, goes right to the roof. Good choice. Not so good. That building two doors down is five floors higher. From up there, you two would have had no cover at all. Let me guess. The stairs are on the inside. Right. So somebody was improvising and didn't know the neighborhood real well. Very good, Lieutenant Sabian. We'll make a detective out of you yet. Wise guy. Now, as soon as you two clay pigeons tell me who was shooting at your skeets... Can't do it, Sabian. Why not? That guy tried to make Swiss cheese out of you two. I can sympathize with the impulse, but not the venue. Now play straight with me before you or somebody else gets dead. Lieutenant! Hang on. Don't you two lovebirds go anywhere. What is it, Nelson? Well, what do you think? What? Make a break for it? No, come clean. Oh. That's a little disappointing. All right. Hang on now, I'm thinking about making a break for it. You think? It'd really tick off Sabian. Then it's agreed. Where do you two think you're going? We need to have shorter meetings. Look, Sabian, I know this might come as a shock, but we're on a divorce case. You don't say. Except it isn't exactly a divorce case. Not yet. The mister thinks the missus is doing the two-timing two-step, but we've come up goose eggs so far. But if we spill and your boys rush over to the house and start asking a lot of fool questions like, does your boyfriend have a high-powered rifle, the chances for the elusive happy ending go right out the old window. I'm a fan of the happy ending, Sabian. I never get sick of them. You're saying there's no boyfriend? I don't think so, no. Then who's the trigger man, and what does he care if you follow the happy homemaker? Well... How long you been on the case? Two days. Two days? There could be a baseball team of boyfriends for all you know. Instinct, Sabian, instinct. Ah, oh, Christmas. What about you? What do your instincts say? Why ask me? This time yesterday I was strolling through an orange grove, and my name was Simon Kale. Simon Kale? What makes you say that? Strange compulsion for exposition? Why do you ask? I just got word from downtown. Simon Kale has been shot. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. In our line of work, there was only ever one way to be sure. I mean, really sure, just who was gunning for you at any given moment. Oh, make no mistake about it. Most of the time, the answer to the musical question is, absolutely no one. There may be a few that wish someone would take on the job, but they're not prepared to go out of their way to make it happen, so they don't count. Similarly, there were at least a couple of dozen fine fellows I can think of off the top of my head that would gladly have finished off old Squarejaw and yours truly, if they ever saw the outside of grey prison walls again, which wasn't very likely. But every so often, even the dullest dishwater of a detective can find himself in an unexpected and unwelcome lead downpour. And there was only one surefire method to ID the triggerman. 
Shoot him first and check his wallet. Well, we dropped the ball on that one, all right. Though in our defense, handguns aren't much of a distance weapon, no matter what you might see in the cowboy pictures. The most obvious answer to any question is usually a pretty good place to start. We jumped to the same conclusion Sabian had, that the shooter was somehow related to our one and only active case, the matter of Mrs. Castle. To wit, did she, didn't she, and in which hotel? But Jack had spent the last week down in sunny climes playing stand-in for a man named Simon Kale, a man who found himself on the receiving end of a couple of slugs an hour after our wild ride at the O.K. Corral. Sergeant Nelson took me down to the hospital to confirm the unconscious Mr. Kale's identity. Sabian had accompanied Blackjack to Kale's house to check the scene of the crime. Since neither one of us was exactly on the city payroll, my guess was that Sabian wanted to keep an eye on us and keep us apart. Which meant I was deprived of my best deductive tool, explaining things to Jack. If we were going to get anywhere with this, Nelson was going to have to try his hand at stand-in, and I didn't like the odds. I'm not sure we should be in here, Miss Dixon. Nelson, the lieutenant told you to bring me down here to the hospital and make sure the Vic and our client were one and the same, yes? Yes, but... So I'm still thinking. By going through his wallet? Yeah, it's terribly relaxing. You should try it sometime. Sixty, almost eighty dollars in here. So, I guess he wasn't mugged. Yeah, I guess not. Of course, that kind of goes without saying. Why's that? You think that was a stick-up we were in downtown? From a rooftop across the street with a high-powered rifle? Oh, yeah. I see your point. Hallelujah. This fella didn't get his like that. He got it from a pistol, close range. No powder burns on the hands. The chauffeur was in the garage, said he heard someone call Kale's name. Then two quick shots. By the time he got out there, the shooter was gone. So he calls Kale's name, Kale turns and gets it twice. Sounds like a contract job. Sure, except Kale's still wearing the back of his skull. A pro would make sure. Then who... Nelson, listen. Someone's at the door. What do we do? Shh, behind this curtain. Simon? Hello, is anyone... Oh, Simon. Simon, what have I done? I tried to... Oh. Oh, but I thought... <coughs> Nelson! Sorry. Who's that? Who's there? I'm sorry, miss. We didn't mean to startle you. Who are you? What do you want? We might ask you the same thing. I heard there'd been a shooting at the Kale Estate. I, I must have the wrong room. No, ma'am, this is the room all right. Nelson! What? Oh, then it wasn't Simon. I'm so relieved. I, oh, I'm sorry. Is this man a friend of yours? More of a business acquaintance. You came all the way down here. Oh, I'm just a... a neighbor. I'm just... I'll be on my way. One moment, ma'am. I'll need to ask you a few questions. You don't understand. I have to leave now. Grab her, Nelson. No! No! Nelson, you clumsy oaf. Get off of me before I yell for a cop. I am a cop. Well, pin a medal on yourself. You let our shooter get away. What do you mean? There can't be too many blondes in town that think Simon Kale isn't the real Simon Kale, can there? What? I I, I don't know. Even if they did, she didn't get that tan around here. What does that mean? Means that's one Helen Kale, famed in song and story. And it means Helen Kale came back to finish the job. Only the man on the hospital bed is not the man she expected, which means now she'll be headed... Nelson, we gotta get to the Kale place. Oh, no. Lieutenant Sabian told me... Never mind what Sabian told you. She still wants to finish off the heir to the Kale fortune, but she thinks it's Jack. 
Kale got it right here, by the car. Turn right into it. He's lucky. These boys are usually much more thorough. Wait a minute. So you were playing Simon Kale for a week in front of his entire family? That must be a heck of a resemblance. You'd think. The poor guy. Just because Trixie's not here, you don't have to sing her part. Hmm. And Kale and I are about the same size and shape, but that's where it ends. He was the lamb of the black sheep. He'd never seen them, and they him. They couldn't pick him out of a lineup, and that's the way he wanted it. They fingered him long enough to put two slugs into him. Well, they had his address. Which begs the question... Why didn't they come here first? Bingo. Why pull that stunt downtown? And how did the hitman even find you? Sabian, that's it. Of course it is. You know what I'm going to say? No, but when you say it, I thought of it. Nice. (laughs) One or more or all of the Kales must have hired a local man. Local here? No, local there. Mm. What are they going to do? Check the out-of-town yellow pages under contract murder? Airport traffic and all, I was on the ground less than three hours when he made his first try. So? So, he must have been on the same plane. The Kales want it done, and they want it done now, but they want it done up here. Their man follows me, and the first place he sees Simon Kale go is a detective agency. So he figures maybe he's been made. So he's got to act fast. He follows Kale and a lady detective down the street. They loiter across from a restaurant where the completely unconnected Mrs. Castle is having lunch. He gets the highest ground he can spot without knowing the area. But it's not high enough, and he's not prepared for the return fire. So he takes it on the lamb and stakes out the Kale house. And much sooner than he expected, he sees Mr. Kale come out of the house. He walks right up to him to make sure of it this time, calls out his name, and gives it to him twice as he turns. Oh, no. It's finally sinking in, I see. Waiting for me to explain things, Sabian? I think I've got the nuances. The Florida hitman didn't finish Kale off, because as far as he knows, he hit the wrong guy. He thinks you're Simon Kale. And sooner or later, he's either going to get his man, meaning you, or clean up loose ends, meaning your client, or both. Shut up. Oh, see, that's just not nice, Mr. Kale. <laughs> See, even if our man was watching right now, he'd just see Simon Kale talking to the police about, uh, I don't know, the death of his butler, maybe. You really don't have to enjoy this so much. (laughs) Oh, but I really do. (laughs) What's this? Jumpy justice. Simon? (laughs) Helen? Oh, Simon, I thought you'd been shot. No, I, well, yes, but Simon. Oh, Simon. Right there. Just take it nice and slow. Who is this man? Lieutenant Sabian. He's with the police. Oh, thank goodness. Just back up, ma'am, and keep your hands where I can see him. Oh, what is he... What are you saying? Sabian, what are you doing? You didn't finish the introductions, Justice. Justice? Lieutenant Sabian, this is... It's uh... Helen Kale. Sabian, keep her covered. Nelson, I told you to keep one of them out of my hair. Sorry, Lieutenant. What's happening here? Just keep him where I can see him, sister. Simon, what's happening? Trixie, Sabian, you've got it all wrong. Helen couldn't have been on the same plane as me. I'd have known. That's what you think. She came to the hospital to finish you off, only you weren't you. Who was he? Nelson! Sorry. Trix, whoever shot Kale didn't put one in his brain because he was the wrong guy, right? Right. Right. What? Nelson! Sorry! Why would she have gone to finish me off if she knew the man in the hospital wasn't me? I thought she went to finish off Kale. He's Mr. Kale! What? Nelson! Sorry! Everybody down! Simon, what's happening? A hitman must be back in those trees. As far as he can see, Simon Kale, whom he has twice failed to kill, is at home with his lady detective, two city cops, and a beautiful member of the Kale family who's come to warn him about the attempt on his life. A little late in the day, admittedly. 
see the muzzle flash? We'll never get him back from here. We're gonna have to. Holy smokes! He's down! But who? Nelson? Nelson? Nelson! Sorry. You could have knocked the three of us down with a feather. But whatever he lacked as an investigator, turns out Nelson was a heck of a shot. We checked the dead man's wallet. Turns out it was Harvey Billy Goat Gruff, wanted in nine states. Nelson got his picture in the papers in all nine of them. And somebody actually did pin a medal on him. The real Simon Kale made a full recovery and had some nice words to say about the agency in the press when he recovered. We could use the boost. And Jack? Jack had some explaining to do. Helen Kale had overheard her uncle's plans to have Simon Kale rubbed out and bring the family fortune home. She'd missed me at the airport, but she'd got on the very next plane and headed straight for the Kale place. She'd found herself caught in the middle of things and had more guns pointed at her than a nice girl ever should on a Tuesday. She'd told me back in Florida that sometimes I had a look, like I wanted to say something but couldn't. Finally, I could. It was the darndest thing. Turns out she didn't care about the Kale fortune at all. Turns out there was a little more concern for a certain pair of steel-gray eyes, a, a solid square jaw. Well, modesty forbids me to elaborate. But since she was already in town, she supposed she could stay a few days. I know, I was as surprised as you. But after all, I can't lose them all. Blackjack Justice, Episode 14, The Trouble with Doubles, was written and directed by Greg Taylor, and starred Christopher Maud and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices by Leslie Livingston, M. John Kennedy, and Greg Taylor. This recording, and the story, characters, and situations depicted within, are the property of their author and creator, and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. There's a new radio station coming to your town. Everybody knows about talk radio, but not everybody likes talk radio. It's too right wing. It's too left wing. Oh, you morons. It's all as an idiot. Starting soon on a station near you, the radio format you've been waiting for. It's not talk radio. It's Shut Up Radio. Just give a listen. Let's go to the phones. You're on Shut Up Radio. Let's talk about taxes. Let's not. Next caller. Congress has just passed a bill that's gonna... Ah, shut up. You shut up. You shut up. Make me. I don't make garbage. I burn it. Yes, it's Shut Up Radio. It's not conservative. It's not liberal. It's a breath of fresh air. And what's your beef, caller? I have no beef. I just wanted to say hi. Finally, a caller with nothing on his mind. Go ahead. Hi. Shut up, Jabberjaw. When talk radio gets on your nerves, switch to Shut Up Radio. They have no opinions on anything. Remember, a station that's apathetic is a pathetic station. Thanks for calling Shut Up Radio. We'll have less after this.